that was a wonderful piece of advice. Actually, a friend gave me, he was like, just try this for six months. You can always go back to drinking. And that really made it very possible for me. And I like that perspective. And I share that frequently because it takes this scary nature of, Oh my God, I have to change this forever. Um, but you can do six months. Most of us can look at that time period and say, okay, this is doable. Why don't I try this? Why don't I do some research with being sober and see what that feels like? Hi, and welcome to Podcaster Stories. Each show, we'll have a conversation with podcasters across all mediums and share their story. What motivates them, why they started a show, how they grew their show, and more. We'll also talk about their personal lives and some of the things that have happened that have made them the person they are today. And now, here's your host, Danny Brown. Hi guys, and welcome to another episode of Podcaster Stories, where we talk to the people behind the shows we listen to. Uh, on this week's show, I've got Dr. Alice Kirby from San Diego in California, who's the host of the Beyond the Pink Cloud podcast. Um, so Dr. Kirby, or Dr. Alice, sorry, I'm not sure which you prefer, Dr. Alice. <laughs> I'll get okay. used to it. Uh, Dr. Alice, welcome to the show. Um, how about you uh, tell the listeners uh, about yourself and your podcast? Sure. Thank you so much for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure to be with you this morning. And so I'm Dr. Alice Kirby. I'm a doctor of physical therapy, as well as a health consultant and a somatic experiencing practitioner in training. And a lot of people haven't heard of somatic experiencing. It's essentially, uh, I'm a trauma practitioner. So I work with um, trauma. I work with chronic stress and anxiety, primarily within my consulting work. And uh, I'm based here in San Diego, and I started my podcast, Beyond the Pink Cloud, about a year ago. I have a a special love for working with women in recovery from alcohol addiction and sober women who are, you know, who are, have moved forward from that place in their lives where they've been very, you know, dependent or struggled with um, using a substance or even women who are more like gray area drinkers or just want to try something other than alcohol to help with anxiety or stress or calming them down. And so I started the podcast as really for that community of ways to move forward beyond recovery. And I've really, I'm so happy with the direction it's taken because of course we, we certainly still hold that in the in the theme of the podcast, but it's really evolved into just a place full of information. I have guests on every week. And so I, I interview people from, um, I had Dr. Neil Barnard on who is really big. He's a psychologist based in Washington, DC that does a lot within the plant-based movement. And he's published, I think 17 books and a bazillion, you know, research articles, but he's had phenomenal results with people actually reversing diabetes using a plant-based diet. And with women who uh, have been able to really heal endometriosis and really, um, you know, painful menstrual cramps and, and debilitating, you know, menstrual type syndrome. So he was really interesting to talk to. And then I, I just recently had on Bruce Perry, who um, produced the BBC show tribe and is this documentarian and he's lived all over the world with indigenous people. And um, so we talked a bit about the egalitarian tribes and what that's like um, to live with people that really don't have anyone who's in charge and nobody is able to be in charge. So it really is this sense of equality within a community. Uh, so it was really lovely to talk with him. So anyway, I get very, really excited about the show <laughs> because there's just, I'm, I love how, how many of these amazing people come on and speak with me and really give my audience a sense of, Oh, there's all these other things in life. Like if they are sober, you know, now that I'm sober, like look at all these other ways I can, I can delve into my own journey of, of just really thriving and, and being my essential self. 
Right. And for people that, that may not uh, be aware of the term pink cloud, um, what does that uh, define? Sure. So it's a recovery term. Um, and I don't know if it's just like in 12-step recovery or if it's more broad, but I know it as there's this time period, almost like a honeymoon phase, I think we could relate it to in a relationship where everything's really lovey and feels really great. And, you know, it's it's like this with recovery. So when you when you give up a substance or when you get sober from alcohol or drugs or whatever your thing is, um, there can be this time period and not everyone goes through this, but a lot of people experience it. And it's called the pink cloud. That's essentially where you're just kind of floating on this happy cloud and you realize how great life is. And I think it's before maybe some more the, the work can come in around, you know, recovery. Um, but some people stay on it for a really long time and just feel really good now that they're right. free of, of addiction and, and, uh, substance. So that's where the term the pink cloud comes from. And so beyond the pink cloud is really like, okay, you know, now that we're moving forward in our lives, what's next and how can we continue to thrive? Right. And I know you'd mentioned that um, obviously your professional uh, job is uh, a therapist um, and the, the, the podcast is more about recovery from addiction. But obviously some of that can be down to trauma and, you know, uh, recovering from therapy. What, what made, where did the idea of the podcast come about from? Was it people you were speaking with, friends, etc.? Or how did it come from, say, your professional day job into the, the, the kind of addiction focused, you know, topic of the podcast? Sure. Recovery, sorry. Yeah, sure. Um, and so I, I've been transitioning from practicing more as a, as a DPT, as a doctor of physical therapy over the past year and a half, really. So I don't actually see that many patients anymore. I do a little bit of, of PT still, but not a lot because I've really moved more into the trauma recovery work because it's so valuable. And I'll certainly use that with some of my PT clients because uh, it's great for any kind of like motor vehicle accidents or um, falls or even surgical prep, things like that. The The trauma work is um, hugely, hugely important and works really, really well for those things. But in my own life, I got sober almost three years ago, and I had really struggled a lot with addiction with alcohol specifically was my thing. And even in a, as I was fig. Um, as I was finishing some of my clinical internships and rotations through my doctorate program, I was really struggling with a lot of anxiety and stress in my personal life and like really having to claw myself to get um, like, I, I have this picture of like digging out of a hole, like really just clinging to a wall. That's really what it felt like in this last bit of my, my education. Um, so my own drinking really took me down and I'm, I'm quite lucky cause I was able to get help and go into some recovery and experience that pink cloud for myself. And then at the same time I was working with a therapist who introduced me to the somatic experiencing tools. And I really resonated with that work and it helped me so much. And my early sobriety continues to help me a bunch now, but it was really, I think quite pivotal for me to make that switch of knowing okay, not just do I want to give up this substance, but I'm gaining this sense of myself and this sense of being able to really feel good in my body. And so that was very powerful for me to want to stay sober. So the podcast just came about as part of this greater step into working more with sober women or working more with women who are under a lot of chronic stress or anxiety. I work frequently with women in the corporate sector as well, even if they don't have the issue with alcohol, it's almost this addiction to high achieving or addiction hmm. to like work and stress where, um, where we get so used to it that it becomes part of our identity is what I've seen with a lot of the women I work with. They're like, well, if I change my job, I, I don't know who I am. Um, mm -hmm. so 
It's kind of a long answer, but no, no, it's it's uh, <laughs> it's it's interesting to hear, you know, from your own personal experience how that grew into what you talk about now and the people you're helping now through the show. Um, and I, I know, like, um, some of the people I've spoken to while we've been sort of in the green room prior to show recordings, for example, we've spoken about the the impact that COVID nineteen's had on people's mental health and the the stress levels, and some of that is down to the fact that now a lot more people are working from home for the first time. They're finding it hard to switch off because they don't have that dedicated 9am start, uh, 5pm cutoff point, and then you're driving home, commuting or whatever. Um, is that something that you've possibly found, you know, uh, the last few months uh, or people you've spoken to on your own show, that stress levels are increasing as workload, et cetera, increases over the last few months because of the, the pandemic and the fact that we've got more time to allocate to work that we wouldn't normally do? I think so. I mean, definitely, I think, yes, overall stress has been pretty high on a global scale. Um, <laughs> and I think part of that is that we, we, when you think about it from a trauma perspective and trying to like orient to the threat of like what's coming for us and there's no real visual thing to, to orient to or to find. Or, so it's, it's like we're trying to place ourselves in relation to this, this scary thing or this threatening thing. Um, but I love the, I love your point about working from home because that's huge for people. And particularly I, I tend to work with women, not exclusively, but primarily and, um, working with women who have children in her home and are trying to do their busy jobs and yet also caretake all the time. I know that's been incredibly stressful for people as well. And, and some of the things that I encourage people to do to speak to your point of their home all the time. So work can just go on into the night. It can start earlier. There isn't the same constraints or bookmarks of like, I start work and I end work. So having people, if they can to set aside a space in their home, even if it's just a, a table somewhere and that's just designated for work. So to have a particular space that's just around work and you don't sit there and do other things if you can. And I know not <laughs> everyone can do that, but if you can even have like a small corner that's just for work. And I've been doing that myself because I'll notice the same thing where it's 10 o'clock and I'm doing this or that for my business. And I'm like, you have to stop. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Now, I know you mentioned earlier um, about the guests that you've been having on and the conversations you've been having on the shows. And I noticed that there's, uh, looking at your episodes, you're up to, is about episode 32, 33 at the moment? I think 33 was the last yeah. one. Yeah. And, and it looks like you've got a, a, a solid mix of um, health professionals. Um, and then what I would say is normal everyday people, even though they're well known in their, their fields. Was it always a goal to have a mixture of health conversations as well as, you know, creatives and professional people or did that come about organically? I think it did come about organically. I, I really, my goal with going into it was to provide the listeners um, a wide range of perspectives on how to move forward in life. And in the beginning, it was more recovery focused. I had more kind of recovery coaches or um, people like that on people talking about their own recovery journeys. But as it's expanded, like I was saying earlier, I've, re I've really enjoyed the opportunity. And I know my audience does too, to have these people from, you know, from all these various fields and, and levels of experience and expertise that aren't necessarily tied into the recovery community, but that do offer a, a different perspective on what life could be like. And for me personally, I really like talking to people who are living their, their inspiration, you know, and who are working in a field of their inspiration, because I think that just gives the rest of us the ability to see, oh, this is possible for me. And, oh, I, I can follow some of these things that call to me. 
And uh, and speaking of the guests, um, there's a, as we mentioned, there's been a wide variety with uh, very open, raw topics at time. Has it been, and not to try to put you on the spot or anything, but has there been possibly a, like a, an episode that's really stood out or, or impacted you um, out of the shows that you've completed so far? Oh, that's such a great question. Um, I don't think anyone's asked me that before. <laughs> um, you know, I don't, I have my favorites. I do have some where I just really, and not, you know, not because anyone's better than anyone else, but I've had guests that I've r- just really enjoyed and gotten a lot out of. Um, Kirsten Johnson was one of them. She lives over in Bali and has this book called The Heartgasm Revolution. And she's big in the sober community, but I just loved her story and her vibe was so infectious. And I feel like she's one of those people that's really embodying what she's um, what she's preaching, you know, what she's working mm-hmm. with. Uh, and that was, she was just a delight to speak with. Um, I had Jason Stevenson on, who's someone I've really admired for a long time. I love his work. He's a meditation coach and is pretty big on YouTube. And, you know, my mom loves him, which was, it was exciting for her. She's like, you're going to interview him. And <laughs> so that was neat. And he was just a lovely guy sometimes. And the same thing with Bruce Perry, where I'm, I'm a big fan of his work. And so it was neat to just sit down with the person um, I don't know if those have been hugely impactful on my own personal life, but I do get something out of everyone I speak to. And I think it really does draw back to what I was saying earlier, that seeing people that are really living their dreams and are really inspired and motivated in their work is definitely um, just a catalyst for me to continue with my own journey and, and hopefully for the audience as well. Yeah. No, I, I know. I mean, I'm really jealous that she lives in Bali. I, I did a flyover there once when I was in uh, Australia many years ago, and I was only there for an evening, but it was just an incredible island. So I'm super jealous hear. that she actually lives there. I know, <laughs> I know. It's me too. It's it's coming up on the list. Yeah. Um, now, you'd mentioned that the, the podcast um, sprung from your own personal experience and your own so, uh, sobriety journey from the last three years. What do you feel is the biggest hurdle? to overcome an addiction, whether it's, you know, substance abuse, alcohol abuse, etc. Is, is there is there something that, that you find is a, a sort of, you know, um, a similar um, obstacle for uh, most people or and, and how do you help with that overcoming? Yeah, I think that's a great question as well. And, you know, I don't know if there's any one biggest thing. I think you... I can speak from my own experience. Like I really had to get over the idea of um, like being able to moderate or being able to control my drinking. I had to just accept that like, I can't like alcohol is not for me. It's just not, I can't drink. If I do, it it just goes bad. And I've proven that because I've done a lot of research (laughs) in that area and and my personal life. And it's not something I can do. And some people can, some people can moderate and, and be very well, but I think you have to really take an honest look at yourself. And if it's something, whatever, whatever the thing is, if it's something that you is, if it's negatively impacting your life, and that could be, maybe you have a glass of wine at night, but if that's keeping you from reaching your creative potential and you feel like you can really do more and offer more and be more in your life, and that's keeping you from that, then you've got to be really honest with yourself of what role is this substance playing for you or what role is this behavior playing for you? And I think if you can get honest with yourself on that, um, then, then seek out community, seek out some kind of support and help around it, whether that's a counselor, whether it's working with the coach, whether it's some kind of a group recovery program. There's tons of different options for people now around things. Um, alcohol in particular, I'm quite aware of because that's the field where I, that I work in. 
But there's a million different options because a lot of people say, well, I don't want to go to a 12-step thing and that's fine. There's like 10 other things you can go try, but you've, you've got to try something. Oh, yeah. um, and, and building that community, I think, is essential, whoever that's with. But just to be around other people who can relate to what you're going through, relate to what you've gone through, I think that helps. It's huge. It's huge for recovery. I know I've got a, a friend um, who, you know, about his own uh, alcohol addictions. And one of the things he uh, constantly said was the point you made about having that community network around you of people that are, have either experienced it previously or are currently experiencing it because they can relate and they know what you're going through, whereas, say, a partner or a colleague or a friend or anything may not, you know, be able to understand what you're going through and give you bad advice, even though they think they're giving you friendly, you know, good advice. Absolutely. Absolutely. I've had some women who, who have wanted to kind of question their relationship with alcohol, but one of the women that I'm working with currently, she mentioned, oh, you know, this, this person who's close to me in my life told me, oh, but you never really had that much of a problem. You never hurt anyone. You never were driving drunk or anything like that. But she knew that it was really detrimental for her. So I think if you know inside, like it's not always good to listen to those people that are saying, well, maybe it's not that big of a deal because they, they don't live within you. So you know, trust, yeah. trust yourself a bit around that. If you, if you think it's a problem, then try not doing it. That was a wonderful piece of advice. Actually, a friend gave me, he was like, just try this for six months. You can always go back to drinking. And that really made it very possible for me. And I like that perspective. And I share that frequently because it takes this scary nature of, oh my God, I have to change this forever. Um, but you can do six months. Most of us can look at that time period and say, okay, this is doable. Why don't I try this? Why don't I do some research with being sober and see what that feels like? All right. And I know the, um, I think a lot of that comes down to, like, certainly I, I look at the UK, it's got a very um, big drinking culture, drinking mindset culture. Um, and I compare that to, say, North America, um, with Canada, the US. And it's very different. Um, in the UK, it's celebrated. You know, you're, nobody trusts you unless you have a, a beer in hand or something. Mm-hmm. It's like, so it's interesting too. You know, I came to Canada uh, 12, 14 years ago almost. Um, and it's been interesting to, to continue to watch my friends back in the UK and their behaviours and how that is so different over here. Is it different in Canada? What's it like there with the, with the drinking? Yeah, it's, uh, it's weird in Canada because it's got... Um, Canada's that sort of weird halfway house between the UK and the US, I think. You know, it's like uh, we're closer to the UK than the US in mindset, but we're closer to the US in a lot of things. Um, so I think there's definitely a, a, a party culture here, but I think Canadians are, do a better job at managing it. You know, they don't have bars up until, say, 4 a.m. or 24-hour nightclub and et cetera that you have in the UK. Um, and I think that definitely... It, there's not like a, a pub scene like in the UK there's very much a pub scene you know every little town's got its, at least two or three pubs on the same street it's crazy whereas here not so much I think that helps for sure mm, definitely does yeah I would think so so with the the podcast was there because obviously you, you mentioned that um, you'd start a podcast uh, to a you know learn from your own journey and share your lessons uh, and help uh, women you know looking to become sober or continuing a, a journey of sobriety were there any sort of um, obstacles that you had to overcome as a podcaster coming into the space uh, talking about you know something that some people might not want to hear about or talk about yeah definitely it's a little scary particularly the first couple episodes where I sort of shared my story And I think also getting over the hurdle of being able to interview people and speak articulately, there's certainly an art that comes with that and and time helps a lot. Um, 
And I've noticed more frequently, I've been guesting on more podcasts and really sharing a lot of more of the details of my own story. And I went back and listened to one. And I definitely had a moment of because I know my mom had listened to it. And I had this moment of like, wow, that was really pretty raw and vulnerable. (laughs) I just shared all that in this very public space. Um, So some of that will come up. And I think as long as, you know, for me, as long as I'm feeling quite grounded and true to myself, then it's it's okay, because I, I think being vulnerable and sharing these experiences are what really can help other people to know, okay, I'm not alone. Other people have gone through this, and they've come out the other side, you know, and they're not still stuck in this really miserable place of, of addiction. Right. And I know you'd mentioned um, the, the first few episodes were about yourself and, you know, um, and you you had lessons as a podcaster as well. So if you were to give um, advice, like any piece of advice for either someone that's looking to get into podcasting or a health professional like yourself or someone that's got your, you know, your, a similar story to yourself and is looking for an outlet, what would be your piece of advice for someone looking to begin? Well, I recently learned about Libsyn as far as a podcast host, and I did my podcast on Anchor, and there's I'm still currently hosting it there, but I've recently learned a bit more about why that's not the best platform and other platforms. So I think doing a little bit of research actually on the mechanics of what is a good platform, talk to other podcasters. Anytime you want to start something new, talk to someone who's been doing it and is doing it well and ask them questions. Um, but I think don't overlook some of those technical things as well of especially if it's a project that you'd like to start and and carry through for a while, see if you can begin on a platform that's going to grow with you and sustain you. Um, So speak with someone who's been doing it, someone like yourself, or, you know, there's so many people that are doing podcasts and doing quite well, but ask questions um, and get started too. Like, don't be afraid. You can order really basic equipment very inexpensively. That sounds good. So don't get hung up on the technical things, but getting advice from someone who has been doing it is always a good way to start when, when you're beginning a new journey or a new, um, a new task. Yeah. yeah. And I like the, I like that you mentioned, you know, it's, it's great to start on something like Anchor. That's where I started off way back in the day. And it's a really easy platform mm-hmm. and it lets you know, yeah, I do, is this something I want to do, you know, in two, three, six months time, et cetera. And then you can start to, as you mentioned, you know, start to wear headphones and know why you should be wearing headphones when you're, you know, speaking on a podcast or doing a recording. Um, so just to, just to switch it up a little bit, what's, um, and I'm, it, that may not even be an answer. Um, and that's perfectly fine because I know you're a very open book when it comes to about yourself, the show, et cetera. But what might be something that not a lot of people know about you that might surprise them? Oh, that's a great question too. I am such an open book. When I lived in Hawaii, I was a semi-professional fire dancer and belly dancer. And I, I think some people know that I, I used to belly dance. I've done a, a, a body of research around it as well. But I don't really do the fire dancing so much anymore. <laughs> but when I lived over there, it was great. I had this group of women and we would book parties and we got paid. And that's why I say semi-professional because it was something we were making money for. And it was so much fun. Um, and a lot of people are doing it more now. I see it a lot in my neighborhood here in Ocean Beach. There's a big fire community and it's pretty cool. But I like to think we were a little bit cutting edge back then because it wasn't yeah. so so widely popular. Um, that was a ton of fun. It's really neat to work with fire and to have that elemental nature while you're in really in your body and, you know, moving on the earth. And, you know, Hawaii is such a magical place for all of that to happen. So... So how, how does fire dancing work? I, I've seen also belly dancers and I've seen people like walk over coals and that, but fire dancing, mm-hmm. what does that look like? 
Um, so there's a couple of different ways. Like some people have the long staffs and then there's different kind of wicking material you can put on each end. I know Kanick is one type and then there's another type. I forget the name of it, but it's like a, a substance you can dip it in gas. There's white, you can use white gas is what we used to use. And then you light it. And so it'll burn, but it'll stay contained in that, you know, wick primarily. And so you can have a really big wick and you get a really big flame or you can have it smaller. Um, and I learned with poi, which is traditional from Hawaii or from that region, from the Pacific Island region, I think maybe Samoa. Um, and I may be saying that wrong. So I apologize if I am, but it's like two chains and then, um, you have little balls at the end. So you can kind of swing them around and dance and it's fun. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. It's, it's neat to work with fire. Was it ever any accidents? (laughs) I have a, I have a little burn. (laughs) I've got a scar. (laughs) Uh, but nothing major, no. And and I think from those accidents, you learn really quickly what you shouldn't be doing and just ways to be careful and, you know, take precautions. Yeah, that's cool. I, I, I like the sound of that. I, I, I've seen people, now that you mentioned, I've seen people with the, the ones that are hanging down, like Macy's old sort of medieval Macy's with the mm-hmm. balls on fire at the end, mm-hmm. sort of swinging about, throwing up there and catching yeah, it. It's uh, crazy. It's pretty cool. It's really it is good. cool. Oh, well, Dr. Alice, I really appreciate you coming on the show today. Um, it's been a real interesting conversation, uh, and I know people will take a lot away you know, from, from the topics you've been talking about. For anybody that wants to learn more, either for themselves or for partners or family, etc., about um, either addiction recovery and you know where to listen to your shows about these topics, etc., where is the best pe- uh, place for people to find you? Sure. So I'm really active on Facebook, um, Alice Kirby there. You can also check out my website, which is kirbymethodconsulting.com. Um, I have an Instagram presence too, which is Dr. Alice Kirby. Um, but on Facebook, I'm on there pretty regularly. I do it a lot of live videos. I talk about some of the tra- trauma healing work and just different ways to to change our relationship with stress and anxiety um, and integrate our nervous system, things like that. But yeah, my website's got a lot, all my links and everything as well. Okay, awesome. So what I'll do, I'll make sure that I drop all the, the links to your show, the website, the Facebook, et cetera, and the show notes. So if you're listening to this on your podcast app, be sure to check the show notes out and we can direct you over to where to find uh, Dr. Alice. Um, so as I say, I really appreciate you coming on today. And what's your plans for the rest of the day? Uh, I've got a little bit more work to do and my partner has the day off. So I'm hoping I can get him out to the forest to go for a hike. You'd mentioned that hiking. That's, that's a mm-hmm. big thing. Yeah. yeah, I love it. That's what I've been doing a lot of during COVID. So it's there's a, an area I discovered recently that actually has trees, which for Southern California is a bit of a rarity. So I'm hoping I can take him there this afternoon. Oh, that's cool. I hope you enjoy that. We've um, we've got the kids. Uh, they're just doing some schoolwork at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope they're doing some schoolwork at the moment. I don't know what they're doing this half hour. <laughs> I will if it's quiet, that's a good sign. Uh, well, that's a bonus, right? Unless they're making a huge mess somewhere, I'll soon find out. <laughs> well, I hope you enjoy your hike. And as I say, I really do appreciate coming on. Um, it's been a, a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, guys, well, this has been another episode of Podcaster Stories. If you enjoyed this week's episode, uh, you know, feel free to leave a review on iTunes and share with anybody that you feel might enjoy it. You can find uh, more episodes at podca- uh, podcasterstories.com and on your favorite podcast apps like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. Until the next time, take care and we'll speak soon. <laughs>